Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. It's Kyle Meredith. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks so much for making your way here, checking out the series. As usual, you know the drill. If you like the uh, podcast, uh, subscribe. It does uh, uh, the world of good. And uh, plus, I put out three brand new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world, and do it at all the usual spots like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, or YouTube, where you'll find the video version of this interview as well. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Gary Newman. I'm going to be talking to the, uh, the industrial legend about Intruder, his new album, which takes a look at the impact of humans uh, that, that we have on the environment. And humans as an intruder virus, in fact, most of this album is sort of from the point of view of the Earth as if it had its own voice, uh, its own personified voice, I guess I should say. Uh, We're going to get into uh, writing from the point of view of the Earth, the bleak outlook within the songs, the frustration of seeing the previous U.S. administration set us back from environmental progress. And, uh, and Gary Newman, who also has Asperger's, is also going to talk about his fascination with emotions, human emotions, and also the uh, science fiction of technology's relationship with emotions. It's a really, really cool interview, and I'm so honored to be talking to him once again. It's Kyle Meredith with Gary Newman. Hello, man. How you doing? I'm great. It's it's great to see you again on here, and uh, and especially with another powerful record. You and I got to talk on the last one. And things didn't get better from there. <laughs> that's uh, well, it did for me. Not so much for the planet. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, I, yeah, the last, yeah, the last one was at that climate change sort of core idea to it, and that looked at what what humans would become. You know, if it happens, if the catastrophe happens, and the apocalypse comes along, and you know the Earth is devastated by climate change, what would humans have to become? Those that remained. To, to survive you know how brutal would they need to be how would that affect them you know would they be aware of how brutal they were compared to what life could be like and so really the, the last album savage was kind of exploring the human condition a hundred or so years from now so i got you know, a science fiction album i guess i didn't want to leave the science fiction idea with, with intruder 
but I wasn't sure how to go about it. I mean, what else could you say or how, how else could you say it? And the seed of it was planted about two, two and a half years ago when my daughter Echo wrote a poem called Earth. And she was only 11 at the time. So it was a, it was a, a child's view of how, the hurt, of how the earth might feel. And in, in her poem, it's sad. And, you know, she's talking about people being horrible and all these sorts of things. But it's brilliant. You know, for an 11 year old, it's brilliant. And it was very understanding of the situation. And she had a great deal of empathy, I think, for the planet itself. And I was really proud of her and I thought it was lovely. But it planted that seed that maybe that's a good direction for the album. You know, how does the earth feel? If it had a voice, what would it say? You know, is it, is it disillusioned? Is it disappointed? Is it frustrated? Is it angry? You know, most importantly, will it fight back? Or is it already fighting back? And then within that, there was the idea of viruses and so on. But this is before the pandemic, before the whole COVID thing had happened. I was well into the album, probably three quarters of the way through before the COVID thing happened. And so I started on that, you know, tried to try to find different ways of expressing how I imagined the earth might feel, should it feel anything. And the intruder that the album talks about is us, it's people. You know, we are the intruder. We are the virus on the planet. And the planet obviously understands that without us it flourishes you know, so we are the problem and so we are the thing that it needs to get rid of if it's going to flourish you know so that's kind of the the idea behind it and then as that's all happening so covid happens and in a horribly tragic kind of way it just fed straight into what the album was already talking about so i did write a song called the gift which is about covid specifically and it talks about this gift being something that would take your breath away. And it's also a bit sarcastic and in that, in that way. But the album itself essentially was already there and already in the themes of it was already done. And most of the songs were already, were already written. And it all goes back to my, my little kid's poem. And I, I don't want to get too much off topic, but she played a role on the last record. Was, wasn't she in a music video on the last time too? Oh, that was another one. I've got oh, three. Okay. <laughs> this one is to show this the family one... how it plays a part in your, your art. So oh, really nice. absolutely. Well, on, on this, on, intru- on Savage, my middle daughter, Persia, was singing on one of the songs, a song called My Name is Ruin. I was in the video. And then when I toured that album, she came out to 20 or 30 shows at different times and guested on that song. So that was, that was for me, that was amazing. I used to get really sort of dad-like and emotional about it every time she came out. I really, I really did. I get a little tear in the eye. It's just lovely. On this album, she's on it again. But my older daughter Raven, who can also sing brilliantly, they were on it. They would, they would, they sung backing vocals in about six or seven songs, and and, and done a brilliant job. And Echo, the youngest one, doesn't think that she can sing, so she didn't want to do that. But she can, but she doesn't doesn't think so. And she did the poem. So I was able to get all of them on it in one way or another. Because on, on the sleeve, when you open the sleeve, I've written that poem. That poem's in it. Her Echo's poem is there, so it's part of the artwork. And my wife is involved and she does, she sort of finds all the clothes and does all the makeup and that for the album shoots and the video shoots and things. So it's, it's, it's a real family affair for something so sort of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, you, you got to find balance, right? And by the way, uh, compliments to your wife too, because I mean, the image, your image has always been a part of, of the arts, uh, of, of the, you know, the complete experience for the fan at least. And yeah. You know, and, and, and these end of world characters that I see, you know, especially with Savage and with Intruder, I mean, it, it, it's so perfectly done. So some compliments there as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. All credit to her for that. You know, she, she's got an eye 
for these. I, mean, I used to do it myself, but gosh, she's light years ahead of me <laughs> knowing how to put things together. And she's really fussy. You know, get, getting dressed for a video now is a bit of an ordeal because she's moving this and adjusting that and changing that and tightening that and pulling that up. But I, I feel like a doll. <laughs> no, she's great. It's great. As, as, a, as a family venture you know as a, a little mini family adventure intruder is is for me is, is a very i know it's about a heavy subject and I, and I know it's a sort of a heavy record but behind that it, it's a, it was actually a really really lovely experience for me well you know it's on those heavy subjects uh you know the subject at hand here when you're writing about when you're writing from the point of view of the earth, as you, as you said you do, is that the same thing as writing third person as, as a character study? Do you find, I mean, where do you have to let your imagination go to, to get somewhere that, you know, is hypothetical, I guess? Well, I, I just personalized it. You know, if you was a, a human being and your children turned on you, how would you feel? You know, if you was a human being and, and your children were systematically taking your house apart and trying to set it on fire, how would you feel? You know, would you feel disappointed? Obviously, you know, would you feel betrayed? Or would, you know, would you consider your children to be extremely ungrateful and stupid, you know, destroying the very thing that they live in? You know, so it's very easy. You just make the earth a person, really, and, and then translate that back to being a planet again. It's all the same thing. It's all about feelings really you know taking the situation you have and then analyzing the feelings of it you know the arrogance of humans and the stupidity of humans coupled with the the nurturing the long you know hundreds of thousands of years of nurturing that the earth has done to us to see it just thrown back in its face and kicked while it was down it's awful you know so you you just personalize that and it becomes the difficult thing really was trying to find 12 ways of saying essentially the same thing because <laughs> right. you know it's a bit of a one-trick pony as an album it's you know what would the earth feel so I, I actually thought to begin with that might be quite difficult you know but it, it wasn't actually there are it, it is possible easy actually you know, to find different ways different angles on that same issue to look at you know I, there's elements of bringing religion into it how that helped people relate to that you know, and now the destructive elements that that can be how that relates to the the earth survival there's one song called the end of dragons which creates um you know a sympathy between the mythology of dragons and what was done to them and how they were eventually killed out killed off to become myth and how that could happen to the planet because we're doing exactly the same thing yes yeah um so you know just trying to find different ways of, of looking at that same issue really what was the initial challenge but as i say it, it didn't turn out to be quite as difficult as i thought it would when you're trying to drive home a point like this and and, and it is a very poignant point do you allow for a sense of hope especially as i'll say against all the people out there who hold some degree of manifest destiny belief you know uh, that that seems to be the constant struggle mm -hmm. i think as an album it, it offers no hope whatsoever there is no happy ending there's no resolution at the end of it there's no you know if you do this then this is going to be fantastic i think the hope from it comes in that it it adds to the conversation about climate change and about trying to keep it in the public eye and and i think i think the problem that you have with something like climate change or the arguments about it is that it becomes so normal it becomes part of everyday 
conversation that you forget the importance of that conversation. It just becomes is yet another program, is yet another song, isn't it? Yet another discussion about climate change, blah, 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 blah. And you, you forget that it's actually quite urgent and it really does need to be sorted out, you know, you know, and some serious measures to be put in place. And so I think in a very, very, very small way, all Intruder does and Savage before it, it contributes a very small element to that conversation to try to keep it vibrant, to try to keep it not just the background noise of everyday conversation, but something that spikes and stands out to, to the listener. Because I do think politicians bend because of public opinion. And if by these sorts of conversations, you can keep a bend in public opinion to such a degree that they were forced to take notice and do something about it, well, then that's all you can do, really. You know, talking about us stopping flying on aeroplanes and having electric cars, I mean, oh, no, I understand the thinking behind that. But really, that's just, I think it's, I know it's meaningful and all that, but but in the real world, it's just a little bit silly. You know, the, the real change isn't going to come because I don't get on a plane. It's going to become for something much, much, much larger, more important and fundamental than that. And that's people in office, you know, investing the trillions that need to be invested to change the whole way we go about energy and, and looking after the planet. And it's not even this generation that's going to do it. You know, it's the next one that's coming along. So all we're really trying to do with this generation of leaders is to get them to slow it down enough to buy us enough time for the children that are coming along now, because they're the ones that are really going to do what needs to be done. We just need to buy them the time to get into office and start to do it. So Intruder is my tiny scratch on the surface of the giant rock that is this climate change conversation. And, and you know, having people in leadership who set us back, it felt like decades, you know, in the last four years. I, my hope yeah. is that at least, you know, there's someone in there now that, uh, that that once again believes in this this push forward and, you know, trying to affect change in that way. But I'm also glad that you said what you did about the planes and everything, because, because that's one of the interesting things. Um, I'm taking things probably a little bit uh, liberty for context here is that, you know, you are a fan of technology. And, and when we hear about climate change and everything like there's like, where does technology fit into your future of this vision? You know? Yeah. I don't think technology is the enemy of saving the planet. I, I really don't. You know, I, I think, there are all sorts of technologies out there now, very advanced technologies, which are which are helping, you know, in obvious ways. You know, but I do think we need to be aware of the damage that these new technologies can do in the process of being created. So, I mean, I'm not an expert. All I do is write songs. I'm not an intellectual. I'm not a politician. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a super smart person. I just write songs. And so I sometimes feel very out of my depth when we start to talk about things of, of this nature. So... You know, as I say, my, my contribution to this is simply keeping the conversation alive. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to pour out a whole world of scientific data and knowledge and impress you with how much I know about all this stuff, because I don't. You know, and that's, I'll be the first to admit it. But I do believe in it. I do believe that climate change is real. And I do believe that people should be frightened about what's coming. And I do believe that change needs to happen. And I need, think it needs to happen sooner rather than later. And as you say, the last four years not only was nothing being done, but an awful lot was being undone. And so the damage, unfortunately, is more than the four years that we've had to live through. And what was undone will need to be redone, which will simply slow the progress that we're hoping it's going to come from the new administration. So it's been pretty devastating, to be honest. And I, I remember 
I remember when I was making Savage, the, the first album, I actually was writing a book called Ruin, which is essentially the same idea as the album. I, I didn't know what to write the album about, so I borrowed a couple of ideas from the book Ruin, which was climate change based. And pretty much as I finished those first two songs, and they were really just to get me going, I had no intention of making a climate change album. But as I did that, so, so uh, Donald Trump came along, started to say what he thought about climate change, how it was a hoax and it wasn't real and all this, you know, I don't want to get into Trump debate, but nonsense, you know, it was just ridiculous. And I found that frightening, you know, that the, a country as powerful as America, a country so vital to saving the world as America, was suddenly not involved in the discussion at all and was was actively going against it in, in many areas, you know. And, and I, I was really bothered by that. And so that made me, that guided me to make the entire album about that really bothered me so much i just started writing more and more songs about climate change about this future world and how brutal it was and how horrible it was and, and you know that was my sort of reaction to what trump was doing and that was savage and here we are now with intruders i'm still i'm still on it it's interesting the um the the connection between what you how you talk about science fiction and and you know what you're writing about on this record you know when i looked at your back catalog it, coincidentally i don't know but um uh, Outland turns 30 years old tomorrow, I believe, yeah. as we're recording this. And and here's, you know, here's a record that has a lot to do with, with science fiction, you know, and, and, and what's going on in it. There's even a song in there from Russia, Infected. And I yeah. thought, oh, my God. <laughs> it's interesting how much, when you look back at the genre of science fiction, how much was dreamed up as outlandish and has come true. You know, does that play on your mind as you're writing this stuff? Do, do you consider the past in that way? No, it, it, truthfully, no. I, 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 when you're writing these things, I, I would be the last person to say that there are any kind of attempt at prophecy. For, for me as a creative artist, you know, they are just uh, quite often an extreme possibility of what's possible, not likely, perhaps, you know, because writing about what's likely isn't always as interesting as writing about something more extreme that, that's just vaguely possible. You know, that, there tends to be a little bit more drama in the extreme end of things. So even with the very beginning, um, I think my second album was called Replicas. And that was, again, that was a science fiction based record. And that was primarily that was about what London might be like in full, in 50 years time. I doubt it. I'd read an article somewhere about a particular sort of violence. Um, that was going on at that time. People traveling on the underground trains and getting off and beating up anybody that was there, getting back on the train and disappearing. It was horrible, you know, as so many things are. And uh, and it bothered me. And I thought, you know, what on earth can you do to fix that, that sort of, that level of violence and that desire to just want to hurt people for fun? Uh, and back then, you know, the idea that people are the problem was very much part of that album as it is with Intruder, but for a different reason. So back then the idea was how do you, how do you bring people into line? And things you don't, you just get rid of them, get rid of people. Everything runs smoothly without people. So Replicas was about developing a, a machine or a computer that would, you know, in theory, run everything. And it would re-educate the lesser educated people by bringing them up to that higher level. And all it did was actually got rid of them. You know, so bit by bit, before the more intelligent people realised it was too late, there weren't enough of you left to do anything about it, and so you wiped out humanity. 
So, and here I am again with Intruder <laughs> doing something not 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 massively dissimilar because you know. So I, I think if there's ever been a recurring theme in my stuff is that people are the problem. Yeah, people are people are just awful, aren't they? Yeah. Just... But here we go. Uh, it was this week, and we knew this was coming. But now we have. Uh, we've had AI music for a few years now, but now they, you know, I don't know if you've seen this AI rapper, you know, artificial intelligence rapper. No, the entire song was constructed by a computer. And it's, uh, it's, um, I say intelligent when in that it makes sense. What, you know, and, and however it's done with algorithms. And here it is, the whole song, music, lyrics, vocal, everything is constructed by the computer. Right. Once again, you might not be trying to prophesize, but there it is. <laughs> and as an electronic artist especially you know i i would be curious your thoughts on that because you know where you started writing the music this futuristic music you know 40 years ago um and and, and again here we are in in this age where robots don't need us <laughs> yeah i did a i did a song called um I did one called Metal, actually, which is about a machine that wanted to be human. That was back in 79. There's another one called Me, M-E, which stood for Mechanical Engineering. And I, I the, you know, there's always songs about, you know, the, the last man on earth and missing the love of his life and all that stuff. And I, I, I used to wonder, what, you know, if you was a robot, not a robot, just a machine in general, but you were self-aware, you know, you had feelings. How would you feel if you were the last thing left, you know, just sitting there gathering dust with no reason for being but you couldn't die you were just you had to you live forever you know uh so i wrote about that so i mean i've always been interested in technology but but always with feelings attached you know the the, the cold android sort of thing has never been that great much of an interest to me really and i think maybe that's because i've got asperger's and so emotionally I, i've never been comfortable but I've, I've never i've never reacted emotionally in the way that other people think i should mm. or that's always appropriate so i've had to really really try to learn how to behave in emotional situations and so i have this fascination with emotion because it's coupled with a lack of understanding of how most people react or how how, how most people feel emotionally i feel them just the same as you uh, arguably, I feel them more, in my opinion. But the the way I feel them and the way that is expressed is different, and it can be unfortunate. And so there is this this sort of lifelong fascination with emotion and 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 technology. And so the fact that I would write about machines that are struggling with emotions makes perfect sense to me. You know, and again, no, it wasn't meant to sort of be prophecy or prophetic in any any way it's just just a, a lifelong kind of interest because of my own problems and on my own interests or co combining and i can write songs so it, you know it finds its way into songs obviously that, that's that's my outlet for the things that you're concerned about but it, yeah it's 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 been there pretty much throughout really i got really absorbed into religion for a while no i'm not religious at all and so i got i, I got really kind of obsessed for about three or four albums of just writing about God and religion and different ways that affects of why I didn't believe it. And I did one album about what if I was wrong and it was true, you know, if there was a God and yet all this stuff happens, how terrifying would that be? You know, that it was allowed to happen 
by design almost you know whoa that would be scary you know at, at the moment everything bad is assigned to the devil and god is great you know well the rights and wrongs of that is you know, that's open to debate but you know um I, I was really fascinated by that for a little bit but then you know so I, it's the, even that's one intruder actually there's still an element of that of that on, on intruder so I, 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 for quite a while, I, I seem to sort of shy away from the science fiction thing. I stopped reading it for a start. I mean, I don't think I've read science fiction in about 30 years now. But it, it sort of finds its way back because I am, I am fascinated about what's coming. I got no interest in nostalgia or retro. I'm not interested in songs I wrote yesterday. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in where I'm going, where the world's going. I'm fascinated by technology, so that's always a part of it. But I am fascinated by religion and the way people feel about about that. I'm clearly bothered about climate change and so on. But it's all about what's coming and how will that play out? You know, how will how will that evolve and what other things will affect that? And uh, you know, that will find its way into the music that you make because that is your outlet. It's an interesting. Um... It's almost like being a sociologist in a way, your point of view on humanity uh, in, in that sense. Yeah, if I was clever, I'd write some really good songs about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe you have, sir. I, I believe you have. Uh, I, I know we're uh, running short on time here. I do want to quickly ask about the music on this record because to reflect what you're singing about, did you have an ultimate vision of what that should sound like as well? You have a broad outline when you start of the, the the palette if you like of sounds that you will that you imagine creating the descript the audio descriptions of what you're trying to be talking about so but it's it's pretty vague but a lot of it is experimentation along the way sometimes you'll come up with a sound that that, that is a, an amazing sound but it just doesn't really quite gel with what else you've done so there's a lot of decision making along the way um and so yes there is there's like a very broad it's very much like finding the very outside of a blank jigsaw puzzle you get all the straight edges in but the rest of it you don't really know you know but you know it's going to be within there within there somewhere that's the best way i can think to describe it really but it, it doesn't feel as if it's too contrived from day one just just that just that broad outline that's that's all and then the, the fun of it is filling in the blanks and seeing what picture you come up with because you know what trying to what story you're trying to tell with that picture but are you going to come up with the right picture that tells it clearly? Well, I know you had some uh, fun with those, you know, finding the sounds and everything. I'm looking at the word Yebahar. Yebahar, is that how you? Yebahar, yeah, yeah. yeah. What that's an interesting amazing. looking instrument. Uh, isn't it just, yeah. yeah. It sounds amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm, 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 I'm blown away to have that on a record. You know, that is a, a, a genuinely unique thing, one of a kind thing. And Gorkum, who plays it, who invented it, He's the only one that can play it. So, you know, that is about as unique as you get. <laughs> and I love Middle Eastern music anyway. So it has that Middle Eastern vibe to it. And it's on three songs in a record. And it was just perfect. And it's, it, yeah, I mean, that was a real, a real thing for me to have that on it. I was really proud of it. Yeah. Well, uh, the whole thing, again, it, it's another powerful statement to especially have followed up what you did last time for another part of that story. Intruder is such a good, great and cool album. So thank uh, you so thank much you. for continuing to do the music. And Gary, it was always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you. Right. We'll Bye. see you around. Take care. Bye-bye, man. Bye-bye. Now, Gary and I last got to catch up back in uh, 2017 
when he was just releasing his album Savages, which of course we referenced uh, plenty of times in this interview. So I want to include that interview here as well. We do talk about Savage Songs from a Broken World. Uh, Gary tells me about the concept started with a book that he was writing, uh, but caught traction after after Trump pulled out of the Paris Accord. Again, something that's referenced in this interview, uh, leading to the story of, uh, of dire environmental impact and religious warfare in a not-so-distant future, and also the stunning visuals that accompany the music. So part two of Kyle Meredith with Gary Newman. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, with the record being titled, subtitled Songs from a Broken World, uh, I'm guessing an artist doesn't need to look far today to find the words for something like this. And I was wondering, how long did it take this full idea to unfold for you? Well, it's been, it's been quite some time because it actually started as a book. I, I've been trying to write a novel, a science fantasy novel, for quite some time, I mean, years. And I even borrowed a couple of ideas from it for the last album, which was 2013. And I'm still nowhere near getting it finished. But I do have this collection of ideas um, to do with this global warming kind of global warmed future world uh, and when i started to write savage the, uh, the the new album i was thinking about what to sing about you know because quite often I, I would take things that were going on in my own life whatever it might be and you know be some kind of personal crisis or whatever and i didn't have anything to be truthful life was you know life has been pretty good to me since i moved to america and so i thought well i'll look to the book then i started to do musical versions of the book and that was how it started it was going to be this loose kind of fantasy idea about what the world may be like should global warming happen but even that was kind of a only half half of it really there's a little bit of religion or anti-religion thrown in it was it was it didn't have a great deal of focus and then the election came along um, and president trump was President-elect Trump at the time started to talk about, you know, global warming not being real and all this kind of thing. And then he got elected, became president, and, and then eventually pulled us out of the Paris Accord. And all this was going on while I was trying to write this album, which had a, a global warming kind of theme to it. And it, it was fantastic in the sense that, I, well, first of all, I think it's a, it's a, a terrible, terrible mistake to bring us out of the, um, the Paris Accord, but it, it gave the album or the subject matter of the album, a lot more focus. It, it gave it a, a, a real day realism, you know, a relevance to what's going on now, which it absolutely did not have before um, Trump took us out, well, talked about taking us out of the Paris Accord. And so it went from being this sort of, you know, fantasy, silly fantasy sort of thing, but, um, but to, to something that really started to have some kind of power to it. Uh, and it became a lot more enjoyable is the right word, but it seems it seems wrong when you're talking about something which is such a, a dangerous thing. Right. But um, it did. It, it, it gave the writing a real focus and, and it really helped. It, it helped in the other direction as well. Whereas before the book had been slightly aimless, if, if I'm honest, and, you know, it became a little bit embarrassing to even talk about it. because I have been working on it for so long and still don't really have much of a story behind it just lots and lots of ideas it actually fed back into the book and now the book really has structure and i can actually see an end point to the book now so it's been a a really good ex uh, writing experience for me on on both sides both as writing the album and actually getting the book un uh, properly underway you know some artists were you know, they were trying out that idea before the election. And it, it was always what if, you know, and, and everyone was sort of, or not everyone, but the artists that were doing it were, were sort of imagining, 
what would that look like? And you got a lot of those albums that came out afterwards, but that was the creepy thing because the what if turned into a real thing. And, you know, the stuff that you're talking about on this record, you know, is sort of like that what if, but now it doesn't seem so sci-fi. <laughs> no, no, that, well, that's the thing. It, 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 I don't think that what I've written about is likely at all. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to claim it's some kind of a intelligent prophecy. Absolutely not. I, I wouldn't have the intelligence to even begin to do that. But in terms of it being pure fantasy, which it was before, maybe not anymore. You know, maybe now, even though it's unlikely, even though it's extremely unlikely, possibly, it isn't impossible. And I think by pulling America out of the Paris Accord, I think it became, you know, a very large step closer than it would have been otherwise. Mm -hmm. And it does make it relevant. And it is something that we should talk about more. And I'm not trying to be political at all. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. Uh, I, I, I don't think that way. I'm, I'm, I'm not good with that sort of thing. And I'm not even sure that, well, I'm certainly not the right person to be trying to do anything political within music. But I do think it's, I do think it's a relevant subject and I do think it's valid to be writing about it. And I do think it's a frightening thing. You know, I'm, in some respects, I, I'm writing about it more from the point of view of a worried father than anything else, because I've got three little children of my own who are growing up. And, you know, you, you are. I, I think when you become a parent, you do worry a little bit more about things that perhaps you just um, pushed to one side when you were younger. I mean, you've got one of your daughters, you know, singing on it, and I've seen that she's been in the, the live shows and everything, and that's what I thought about. Is like you're conjuring up a world that you hope that they never have to experience, even in the most you know minute version of it. Yeah, well, absolutely. We we, um, we shot the video. There's a song uh, on the album called "My Name Is Ruin," and we we used that as a, the first single from the album. We just, the, the current single from the album. We did, we shot a video for that out in the desert. So we went out into the far reaches of the desert. Um, we were there for a couple of days, and it was beginning of, uh, unfortunately, it was the first day of a four-day heat wave. And we, we saw temperatures uh, getting close to, to 120. Yeah. And, um, and she was there with us. And you sort of look around at this desolate landscape and the heat and how difficult it was just to be there, you know, let alone you know, to be there for a few hours, let alone actually live in anything like that. And you imagine that, but much worse and it's you know it, it it does make you think it really does and and you see how it's just it's unbearable you know absolutely unbearable yeah the images that you guys have put out there have been so powerful and the song itself is just such a powerful song you know especially when you look at this big story and and i know you're living you're living in California now, which seems to be at the forefront of the environmental conversation, although it's in a country that there is a huge chunk of it that is not at that forefront, you know, and, and what an interesting space for you, especially, I guess, not being from, not being from the area. It is. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not by a long way am I from the area. <laughs> I come from a, a wet, soggy part of the world, which, you know, things are very, very different. And funnily enough, you know, you, there is one school of thought that thinks that British people should be more sceptical than most because there's not a lot of obvious signs of global warming <laughs> where, where we come from. But that's not the case. It's, um, it, it's been very interesting to be, to, to be a, a foreigner here, to, to, to be an Englishman here mm -hmm. when all this has been going on and to see how different 
opinions are as you you know as you sort of look across america in some respects I mean, one of the reasons i'm really looking forward to the tour that, that, that comes later in the year is that i'm going to be traveling from one side of america to the other left right up and down and i'm just very really keen you know we do meet and greets every day and people come out and, you know we, we we you know chat to people quite a lot and I'm, I'm going to find that very interesting because i think the album being about the after effects of global warming i'm sure that's going to be one of the main conversation pieces as I talk to people. So I'm going to get firsthand a variety of opinions, I think. <laughs> Some of it, no doubt, supportive and a lot of it probably quite hostile as to what I'm saying, you know, where people do and don't agree. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I'll have a much better gauge on an American opinion on this subject when we come back. But in some respects, one of the reasons I've been making it very clear what the album is about in pushing it, you know, making sure it's in the biog that goes out and so on, is because I, I think it's a conversation that we should be having. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the more people that are talking about it, the better it is. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and I think that's what a you know personally one of the most exciting things about uh, you know getting to do the research for this interview and looking into it and realizing what our conversation was probably going to be. Because uh, I'm in complete agreement with you. Uh, it's it's something that's near and dear to my heart, but it doesn't always get the opportunity you know, for what I do, at least, uh, to, to kind of be the center. So I, I'm really appreciative that that's what you've made this record uh, about to a point. So, Well, good. Thank you. Yeah. And I know there's other parts to it, too, because, you know, as the bigger story goes, I guess, and I haven't caught this part of the album, but we're in the, maybe it's the, uh, the, the bio, the press sheet, where it says, and then religion services, and you know, in, in this futuristic world where it had gone away and everybody's just surviving, but then it resurfaces and everything sort of starts all over again. And I, and if I have that right, it's the quote that I keep thinking about is you know uh, about being doomed to repeat it. History. You know, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think what he says is you know, religion kind of reappears and it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> when you. But it, you know, when you put that into the context that this is a, a devastated planet where people are, are struggling to survive on a, on a day-to-day basis, where water is so scarce that it, it becomes currency, it becomes the only working currency, you know, this is a, as they often call it, you know, this is a, a pretty savage environment trying to be living. And the fact that religion can then appear and make it very much worse uh, is a real sign of, of the way I see um, religion and the way it works in the world. I, I am I'm not religious. You know, in, in certain parts of the world, I would be executed for simply not believing, and that bothers me. That you know, that bothers me a lot that these kind of extremes can can exist. In the in the context of the album, East and West cultures have, have merged. The, the the difficulty in simply surviving at all has taken away any of the you know my God's better than your God kind of problems and you know, much of the, the, the horrors that we see going on at the moment and have done for thousands of years. That's all gone in, under this desperate need to just simply survive day, day to day. But within the book, and it's kind of reflected in the album slightly, they find an ancient text which turns out to be a small part of the Bible. The people that find it believe that it was sent to them directly by God because that seems to be what happens. And they, they, uh, they then decide to live according to these words. They interpret them in the way that people can, and they they start to live by them. They then decide that everybody else should live this way as well. Mm. And so they start to spread, like a disease, 
and they started to spread across the world and they they're vicious and they're oppressive and they kill those that they can't persuade they kidnap and they it's just awful uh they're called the righteous within the album and and the book and they do terrible things and and that's the sub story that mm. runs all the way through it you have your main themes is global warming and then you have the dangers of extremist religious beliefs as a as a it's a sub-story. If that could be a sub-story, but it, but it is. Yeah, I, I tell you, this sounds like a really good book. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever finish it, I hope it will be, yeah. Um, does that fall into the font that you've been using? Because that's I don't want to call that um, an Arabic font because I feel like it's I might be getting that wrong, but it's it's there's something you're doing anyway. Yes, it's, it's deliberate. It's another... Uh, it's, it's symbolism in a way of the fact that the two cultures have merged. So what you're looking at is actually English, but mm-hmm. when you first look at it, it looks Arabic. Right. That that was a that was a, a deliberate thing. It's not an insult. I'm not trying to appropriate culture and all that stuff that seems to cause so much trouble at the moment. It's nothing to do with that at all. It's simply trying to find a visual representation of the idea that the two cultures have merged. Well, it, it definitely gets the attention anyway, the, and the whole thing, like I said, ties together the images you've been putting out there. It's, it's a, a really unique package, which is something that you're known for. I don't know why I'm saying it of any sort of awe. I mean, that's <laughs> that's your thing. So, oh, uh, thank you. I put a lot of a lot of thought into it. It's, it's been an ongoing project now for quite some time. The the imagery behind it, from the font to the clothes that I'm wearing, the locations of everything. You know the, the scenes of the video, the subject matter, obviously, have all been very, very carefully thought about for a great deal of time. And and I must say, this I think this is the twenty second album that I've made in in my life. So I've, I've made a lot. I, I honestly thought that with this one, I've I've probably got all the parts working together better than, than I've ever done before. The, the way it looks, the way it feels, the way it sounds, the subject matter, it's all blended together exactly how I wanted it to from the beginning. Most of the time, when you work on big projects like this, there are adjustments that you need to make along the way, you know, compromises that you need to make along the way. Uh, and this one hasn't had that at all. Now, now, I think, to be fair, that's probably more luck than judgment, more luck than talent, for sure. But it's just worked out beautifully from the from the word go, the timing of everything, even the timing, timing of Donald Trump coming along and the things that he said. Everything set into place and i've ended up with an album that i'm in, incredibly happy with well as, as dark as it is it's, it's a lot of fun to listen to and, and and kind of experience as well so uh all of that is very obvious from this uh, side uh that you know the love that's gone into it the work and 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 how it's worked out so so uh, th- thank you thank you for the album and thanks for the conversation today and you're right it would have been a pleasant conversation with or without the recording so i appreciate it <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you for doing it. I appreciate it very much. All right, Gary. It was an honor, and uh, and we'll see you around on one of those shows. Okay, hope so. Hope so. And my thanks to Gary Newman. The new record is called Intruder. Thanks to you for checking out this episode and podcast. Please do hit the subscribe button. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, YouTube for the video versions. Wherever you like to get your podcast from, that's where you'll find Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Kyle Meredith. Please like and follow along. Make sure to say hi when you do. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. 
Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.